This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to an episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bunga and with me for the first time in 2023, AAP's own George Clark. Welcome. Hello Matthew. Hello listeners. Mate, uh, what is doing? I don't think you've been on since the famous uh, draft night uh, at the start of last season. Uh, but uh, the Tepai the Maroa jokes have never stopped. If people don't know George, he is uh, of AAP, formerly Fox Sports, covers rugby league, football, plenty of other things as well. Uh, but a uh, huge rugby league man. Uh, you actually, did you, which Burgess brother did you butt heads with as a youngster? I didn't, but uh, I, I played against two of them when they were like 11 and they were massive. Yeah. And you the were twins. 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, well, one of them, it's worked out well for one of them. I still have to, like, check the team list every week just to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, Tom, who's, it's Tom who's still playing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, what have I been doing? I've been doing a lot of Women's World Cup stuff, mm. which has been quite fun. It's been uh, great. I've really enjoyed it. Unless you are, of course, the Matildas and Tony Gustafson. So I don't know when people <laughs> will listen enjoyed to that. this. Oh, this is coming out straight after we do it. So, yeah, they'll hear it. But most people hear it before the Matildas game. So, so maybe yeah. we need to, you know, do a crash pod tonight at 10 yeah. o'clock. Potentially. Matildas crash out. Mate, uh, just, just get um, just get Wayne in until the end of the season. He'll fix it. They could do worse. Oh, go on, girls. Just go out and play football. Yeah, there's so much to it, is there? Um, <laughs> but I'm glad you mentioned the World Cup because I attended uh, England's match against Denmark on Friday. So I went full nerd with my phone in my lap watching South Sydney beat the West Tigers 32 to 18. I rewatched it when I got home, but uh big win for the Rabbitohs. It's quite funny, mate, because the, the discourse last week when Latrell Mitchell didn't play was all about, oh, well, you know, if they're managing his load, surely they need him for this game and they can rest him next week against the Tigers. But turns out they, they did need him because he was heavily involved in everything they did well, made a couple of very crucial try-saving tackles and... It was a performance where, yeah, South's got a couple of late tries to make the scoreline look a bit better, but they kind of just fell in a heap in the first sort of 20 minutes of the second half. Well, like at this time of year, I feel like if you're South, you just kind of want to be like the, Jason Demetrio spoke a lot about this, but kind of like just they've got everyone fit now. Like mm. if you go through their team, I think there's a story the other day that they're like, Top eight big earners had like spent a grand total of like twenty seconds on the Correct. field together. Yeah, I think it's the first twenty seconds of round one, right? There was the Sharks game, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone got, I think it's Totola. Totola, and who is now not playing again. So yes. that, that that number is going to still be at twenty seconds until until at least the Roosters game in round twenty seven. Yeah, so like I feel like they just need to get yeah, like getting Latrell back, getting his confidence going. Like this was probably the right game to ease him back in. You don't want to throw him into the to burn him fire and he can just, you know, kind of pick his moments and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, solid win, uh, especially going like somewhere like Tamworth, like they were in Sydney on Thursday and then flew up Thursday afternoon. So you're thinking like, okay, how much is that going to take out of them? Like, I'm not sure like the facilities to train at and that kind of thing or what they would have gone when they got up to Tamworth is, is like, but um yeah, uh, important win for them and just keeps them ticking over because that, mm. well, I'm sure we'll come on to it, but like the, the battle for kind of the eight is pretty, is pretty nuts. And then they have to head to Perth this week. So, um, build yeah. the wall. Yeah, the it, wall. It's, it's interesting. I thought that the Tiger was a pretty game. And I think that this is like, 
Happy Coruscant basically for the last three to four years has had has been the best player on the field every single time he plays against Souths, whether it's in a Penrith jersey or now in a Tigers jersey. Like he was involved in absolutely everything. He, not not just with ball in hand, he put that tremendous hit on Lockie Elias to, to force that error. But um, yeah, I, I guess if you're a Tigers fan, you're delighted with how he's playing because not not even not even just how he played earlier in the season. Now he's re-signed basically effectively till the end of his career, and he's still the best player on the field basically every single time they play. And obviously that is a very thin silver lining given that the team has won three games and uh, with the Bulldogs winning and then the Dragons looking pretty decent, look locked on for that wood spoon now. But yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to glean any positives I can for the Tigers. I think that during that 20 minute stretch in the, in the second half, they, they, they were very physical in defense. They didn't let Seats get out of their own half very much. They were enterprising with the ball. They were switching it left and right. They were cutting South spits on both sides of the ruck. Um, but yeah, and then I think just kind of after that Fanua Bole try, which again was ridiculously bad defending from Davy Moale and Jacob Host, um, Souths kind of had this sort of, I mean, I guess it's only the Tigers, but it, it was encouraging that they had sort of this five minute period where they forced, I think, three or four repeat sets in a row, snaffled all the short dropouts that Api Corosa had to offer and then eventually went over in the corner through Alex Johnson. I will ask George, like, I, I'm a connoisseur of the short dropout at the best of times, but surely you just don't keep kicking it to the side Campbell Graham's on over and over. Nah, I would have thought so, not when he's like six foot five hundred and really good in the air. Mm. Um but, but he yeah, did, yeah. I, I, I that's one of the weird like that it feels like someone will be able to dig up the stats, but short dropouts versus long dropouts. I think teams have just kind of gone, yeah, balls to it. We'll try force a turnover and then we can defend five tackles. Um, and I guess it gives you extra space, but uh, sorry, there's less space to attack, so it gives the defenders an advantage if they're coming off the goal line. But it seems like everyone just goes to it regardless now. Like, where where's Pat Richards hitting them fucking <laughs> eighty meters? Apologies, Mickey Mouse, for the swearing. But yeah, um, uh, and yeah, and then the Tigers, like, yeah, you're talking about silver linings, mate. Like maybe, uh, like, do you know the really disappointing thing for me is mm. that, like. We were told all off season how they were going to like reinvent the wheel, and this was they they were the Baz ball, they were Sheen's ball <laughs> was going to be you know this quick scoring, applying pressure, quick hands, you know every forward was going to touch the ball on like a first tackle hit up, uh, and it just hasn't worked. And like I think they're on the lowest points per game of of any team, and it's yeah, there's I'm... obviously factors in there with like Dewey and. Uh, Brooksy being out for big chunks of the season. Charlie Staines was obviously playing a fair bit of fullback. Then he check, came out. Dream, if they didn't have Dream Buller, like I think Sheen said it a couple of weeks ago when they lost to the Knights, he's like, if we didn't have Buller, we would have lost by by thirty or forty. And it feels like without him and him and Coruscant, basically the only kind of good things keeping them ticking over. So I'm looking forward to when Buller hands in a transfer request or or similar well, in, I, in six months time. I'm I'm really looking forward to when I tweet that the West Tigers women's team in 2023 has won more games than their men's team in 2022 and 2023 combined, which is Ooh. a tweet that is possibly going to be crafted by the end of the, by the end of the season. They only need to win four more games to equal them. We're assuming. willing it into existence. I think so, mate. But yeah, a couple other little things on South before we move on. Jai Arrow was probably the only bloke that really put his hand up and had a go last week against the Broncos. I thought he was really, really good again here. Um, they need him to be good. He's missed big chunks of the season through injury and stuff. So, Great to see him back and and playing really well. Um, Alex Johnson, fantastic 
both with finishing and, and with ball in hand, setting that one up with that nice pass back on the inside for Isaiah Tass. I think, again, like it, it, obviously the try scoring is great, but I just think that he's really improved on basically every other aspect of his game in the last couple of years. And I think he's become a really well-rounded winger and not just a finisher, but he's still obviously an elite finisher. Um, but the last one, uh, I mean, close to your heart, uh, Lachlan Ilias, I think close to his best game in first grade, apart from those two sort of comedy knock-ons that made you go, oh, Lockie, the one where he broke through and looked like he was in a score. And then the one where he did extremely well, busted a gut to get back and dive on that kick in a really important moment in that game, but then got smashed by Picorosa and, and dropped the ball. But I thought his efforts defensively in this game were superb. And I think it's one of the best games he's ever had in, in a South Sydney jersey. Good, good for you, Lachlan. <laughs> I don't know why he said he's close close to my heart. I have like no affinity or unaffinity, whatever the uh, the opposite word of, of that is. But yeah, aren't uh, you the aren't you the British journalist who loves Lachlan Ilias? I am not the British journalist who loves Lachlan Ilias. That is someone else. But okay. yes, I I I, th- I think like it must. I mean, you'd have talked about this time and again last year, but it must be pretty hard for a guy to come in and have a lot of weight on his shoulders, not always have the same spine around him, like Cook being in Origins, Latrell has obviously had his injury battles the last couple of mm. years, uh, and replacing like this guy who's like a kind of, you know, club legend. Like, he is a he is a first grader. He's serviceable. Like, what is he, 30 games in? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe 40? Yeah, somewhere around there. He, he's going to get better. Like, you know, you don't, it's very rare that you get guys who come out and you go, wow, you know, they're... They're awesome. Like, I'm not comparing him to Nathan Cleary, but for example, Nathan Cleary has added a lot to his game, like the last two, three years, and he must be what you know. He's well over 100 games into his into his uh, NRL career, so it'll take time. But like, he's he's he's. They're all looking good, and as I said earlier, if Souths keep everyone fit, they're going to be pretty hard to beat. Yeah, I, that was the last little thing I wrote down on the on on this on the notes for this game was can they go on with this road trip? And I agree with you, mate. Like I I, I understand that the form was poor for two months. Obviously, I get that. I watched all the games, but I think, I mean, that Parramatta game was almost three months ago now. But like, yeah. I think that aside from that game and the Broncos game last week, there's there were reasons for the rest of it. They were severely undermanned in every single other one of those games. Um, yeah. Cowboys game actually was also quite bad, now that I think about it. But for the most part, I think that, like, realistically, if they... And I, you can play this game with every team, but, like, realistically, if they if they don't have half their team out for the Dragons and Bulldogs game, they win those games comfortably. And they, if they yeah. don't have all their origin players out, they, they beat the Raiders as well. And that's three wins that would now put them in equal second with Penrith instead of, you know six where they are but i think with the run home they have they get they have another buy they play the sharks this week who we'll get to in a minute but just looking absolute free fall yeah and then it's the dragons the knights who are suddenly resurgent that's not an easy game another buy and then the roosters and i think by the time he gets that roosters game they'll have locked up a top eight spot and be probably fighting for a top four spot so we'll see how that goes but yeah i think will the, will the roosters be in barley mentally well I, I think they i think they'll always fire up for a south game but you know you never know um, but yeah, I'm not particularly worried. I think there is a, definitely a cluster of two or three teams that uh, we kind of maybe took for granted as being among the final teams that we should be a tiny bit worried about. But I don't think South's one of them just because of the way their run home shakes out. All right. Yeah. Let's move on to the Melbourne Storm and the Paramount Eagles. Did enjoy the AFL celebrations after multiple tries from Harry Grant and Cameron Munster in this game as the Telstra Dome was lit up by a purple power show jerome hughes best game of the year harry grant absolutely sensational um and munster was relatively quiet until that late try but it is it is 
I mean, this is this is the most heartening thing for the Storm, right? Is that like Cam Munster can have a relatively quiet game, but Jerome Hughes and Harry Grant can just go, it's all right, boss, we got this, and just carve a team up. And that's what they did in this game. They looked awesome. Disgusting from Harry Grant. Uh, uh, the AFL celebration violation of. Oh, I thought you were gonna. I think it's about him going underneath the bleachers into the fucking slop underneath the stadium to retrieve a fan's phone. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was nice. He's a, he's a good lad, Harry. That was, uh, a, that was a was that a visual metaphor for his time at the Tigers, just slopping oh, around in garbage. Wow. But um. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, like kind of weird one with Melbourne. Like they, Bellamy, like. The biggest like, out this week after the after that kind of t- the stuff they tossed up in in Newcastle, they obviously had no Nelson and from memory and, and Remus Smith is also out for a couple of mm. weeks. I can't remember how long, but like those are two pretty significant um, outs because N- Nelson obviously look at the size of him. Remus is you know usually pretty solid, but, but in both an attack and defense. But he dropped Justin Ollum, which was kind of a and that's the second time this year he's done that. So. Um, He's obviously looking for a reaction now. I'm like, does you know if they keep playing this well, does he when do, you know when does he come back in? Is is that in you know just having to wait for someone to fall over to get in, get back in? Um, I thought like this was and Jer- Jerome Hughes was was awesome. Um, kind of feel like there's he's had moments this year, um, but this was a really good game. And, yeah, I and think this is most complete game of the year. It kind of sets it up really nice because this weekend is Penrith from memory. So it sure is. Um, that's going to be yeah fun because I th- I think the thing with Melbourne is they kind of you know they've just about done enough and they've they've kind of gone through games and they've picked up losses they shouldn't and picked up wins they probably didn't deserve on, along the way and now you know they have to go to Penrith where Penrith's record at home is is insane. And, well, they um, had that game. They only played each other like three or four weeks ago, right? And that was the game where the Storm got a couple of lucky tries early, and we thought, oh, geez, the Storm are here to stay. And then Penrith just absolutely steamrolled them in the second half. And with no no Nathan either from the yeah. home in that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I think um, I think this this one's going to be this one's going to be pretty fun. I'd love to know what Bellamy said to them after the after mm. the. The loss a few weeks ago, but yeah, um, those games have always been pretty good. Like, remember that game a couple of years ago where Kickhow saved a try on like the last play of the yeah, game? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we're, we're at the New Market Hotel when that happened. That was crazy. Um, and they always had that great prelim at some court. They had the grand final in 20, like, yeah, um, big, big games. And this is a big game, too. I think that, like, that with just with the especially again with the draws that Souths and the Waz have in the last five weeks, like these are big, big games for Melbourne more so than Penrith. Yeah. And like, I think that they don't really have a great deal of margin for error if they want a top four spot, because I just think that we, those two teams I just mentioned are going to keep winning games because they, they, they don't play anyone good really. So yeah, it, this is a big test for them and it'll be uh, interesting to see what they do. I just think George, that sometimes life is so serendipitous. It's so poetically beautiful that the first time you come on the show since the draft is the is to review the storm game where Tepai Maroa steps on the field for the first time in 2023. So if you're a relatively new listener of the show, uh, during COVID, uh, uh, myself, Campo, the editor at large, and George Clark was the fourth expansion franchise. We did a whole draft. It was a two-part show. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time doing it. But the main pick 
that has stood the test of time, and George still cops jokes about it now from listeners, is that he drafted Tepai Maroa in midway through the draft. I don't know why we we zeroed in on it so much. Like it didn't really matter, but it sort of became like a meme of the show. And so like we're, we'll get messages from fans about Tepai Maroa whenever he did anything last year when he played. And now this year, he didn't play first grade at all until this game. And it's like they knew you were coming on the podcast to give Tepai 27 of the best minutes you've ever seen. How did, how did you rate his performance? So for, for, for new listeners, it was kind of like, I think we were towards the end of the first segment. And I was just like, yeah, I was like, oh, I was thinking this guy, you know, will have played, uh, you know, a season under Bellamy, just come back from rugby union. He'll have turned him into a beast. Uh for a variety of reasons that has yet to come to fruition. <laughs> and I think he's been pretty injured this year from, from what I can gather. He's only played a couple of games of Cup. And Melbourne obviously pretty light in the forwards and, and he's had to wait his turn and obviously injuries have, have held him back. But he's one from one, baby. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, the great man's going places. Yeah. And um, there, there there is, of course, one other thing I'd like to talk about in this game before we move on. And that is the grand final celebrations that the Storm did before the game. Um, before I have my say, what did you think about it? I mean, haven't they... They've celebrated them regardless. Yes, but they have done like this before. It's, it's not like this is new levels of shithousery. This is base This is the ba- This is base camp of shithousery. I, I will say, so whilst people were like, oh, epic troll job, lol, great shit. I also do think that they... The Storm firmly do believe that they won those premierships. I do believe that they believe that they won it. But... I was really kind of surprised by some of the discourse around this in the sense that not that you don't like, you don't have to, I hate it. I hate it. Right. I made that very clear on Friday, but I'm not surprised that there are some people that don't hate it. And especially storm fans like party on, do whatever you want. But I was surprised there were non storm fans who were like, Oh, I don't get why this is a big deal. It's like, well, you, you don't have to be upset by it, but surely you can understand why it's a big deal. I mean, for better or worse, they cheated. They cheated to an extent that no other team ever has. They they were millions and millions of dollars over the salary cap over multiple years. They damaged the integrity of the competition. They changed the fabric of the list of NRL grand final winners. They potentially, and it's not just about Parramatta, but they potentially robbed Parramatta of their first grand final win since 1986. There's a litany of reasons of why you should be upset. And, and then there's a couple of arguments that people made about why it's wrong to be upset that I just kind of, don't hold water with me. Like the first and most obvious one is people go, oh, well, you know, it, 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 it's, um, you know, they still have to play the game. And I'm like, yeah, they, mm-hmm. of course they still have to play the game, but they played the game with an illegally assembled lineup. Like Lance Armstrong still got on the bike. Mark McGuire still hit all those home runs. Uh, like presumably every time, like at a youth tournament in any sport, George, where a team's been done for having an overage player on the field, presumably they still went on the field and played the game. That doesn't mean we should just absolve them from their cheating. And the the other aspect of it is people go, oh, well, it wasn't just Parramatta effect. And I'm like, yeah, sure, it wasn't. And or and the other one was, oh, you just hate the Storm. I don't hate the Storm. I have absolutely no ill will towards the Storm. I think Cameron Smith is possibly my favorite non-Rabbito player of all time. And I'm not coming at this as someone whose team was affected by this at all. Souths were, I mean, South scraped into the... Uh, first week the finals in 07 but they were not they were a non-factor in 08 and 09 um I, I, it didn't affect me at all as a fan but i still think it's i still think it's very very on the nose and then the other part people go oh well you know like other teams have cheated and they didn't win it's like oh. yeah what so what does what does that mean like yeah melbourne also didn't win in 08 
but that doesn't that doesn't mean they were bad at cheating. It just means that that they they still gleaned the benefits over several years of what they did that was wrong and and, and in my opinion damaged the integrity of this sport that we love. So for people for people to turn around and just be like, "Oh, I don't see why it's a big deal." And worse than that, non-Storm fans celebrating this like it's like an act of, "Oh, LMAO, what a troll job." I just think is fucking weak. Like seriously, that what what they did ruined the game for several years. And I, and I, again, I don't care that it's the Storm. I would say this if it was any team. And yet they bounced back a couple years later and they've remained a powerhouse in the NRL. So it has nothing to do with that either. I just think that there's no way that the NRL should have allowed this. Because what can the NRL do? The NRL can say to them, if you celebrate these victories publicly or release merchandise or do celebrations or do functions, celebrate this, we'll fine you. And if you do it again, we'll dock you points. The NRL can very easily stop them from doing this. So... <laughs> I don't get any of the arguments for it. I don't like the celebration of it as this act of shithousery because going back to what I said at the very start of this, I think they genuinely believe that they won those competitions and that those results should stand. But yeah, that's how I feel about it. I don't like it at all. Uh, mate, I, I, I think the only way it could have been improved is if the boats in which, which we handed up, <laughs> the, players, the, the, players, the players carried the trophies. Okay on the boats while they're getting pulled by a by a truck around the ground yeah and paraded them if they'd brought the boats out and made it really on the nose then maybe <laughs> then maybe i could come around but the other, the other thing is people go oh what about they like the, and sometimes like i hate just dismissing any comparisons as what about because sometimes comparisons are fair but there was three main examples people like i got a few replies to this so they did people go what about the sharks what about the raiders in the early 90s what about south in 1909 and then my response to that is like, yes, Souths did a very shitty thing in 1909 where they said, oh, yeah, we're not going to go out there. We'll stay at home, Balmain. And then they showed up and won the cop. A very shitty thing to do. Not defending it at all. Um, Canberra's litany of uh, salary cap discre- indiscretions in the early 90s have been written about. I don't need to explain them. But And then the Sharks, who were found to have broken the rules in 2014, 15 and 17, mysteriously didn't break the rules in 2016 as luck would have it when they won the premiership. So I'm not defending those things, right? I'm not defending them at all. But for better or worse, those premierships remain in the history books. They're still there, right? So in my opinion, the 2004 Bulldogs is possibly the most illegitimate premiership of all time because they basically kept their entire salary cap cheating team and and added Andrew Ryan to it and won the comp two years later, right? So that I don't like, but they won it. And it's in the history books. The difference here is this one is not in the history books. The NRL took the 07 and 09 premierships away. They said these do not count. You did not win them. So I don't know why they continue to be allowed to do this. I mean, again, it's not a huge deal. I'm not like it's not giving me sleepless nights, but I just really don't like it. And I think that we've kind of gotten to this point where like we're so snarky about everything that like anything that people don't like, even if they have very legitimate reasons, which I feel like I've justified pretty well. Oh, you're just mad. It's like, I'm not really mad. I just don't like it. Yeah. The, the, the post, post, post-truce premiership uh, parade. Like they, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, the, the way they celebrate them, at least they've been consistent. That's all I'll say. Like they, I, I, like I kind of imagine I, I would want to be proud of that, but then I guess the players did go on the field and win those games. How legitimate that team was is up for debate. Yeah, but you know, does Lance Armstrong go around and introduce? Well, himself? that's mate, that's I, exactly I, my thing. 
<laughs> I, 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 I'm Lance. I'm seven time. Where's the uh, line, Tour mate? France winner. Like, what with, if, with a big asterisk? What if I became coach of like the Australian under 14s and just stacked my team with 18 year olds that with fake birth certificates and we won everything? And I was like, well, they still went on the field and won. Yeah. Go cry about it. Why are you mad? Like, yeah, get a grip. It's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, uh, great win for the Storm. Parramatta, briefly before we move on, we, we, we've talked all year about their run home probably being their Achilles heel. I think that um, they, along with two other teams, one of which we're about to talk to, uh, are kind of now nervously looking over the shoulder. Well, not really over their shoulder in Parramatta's case because they've dropped down to 11th because of the buys and because of um, the way the competition's shaken out in that regard. So, Mate, I, I, I'm kind of worried about them. I really am. I just think that, like, they've got two home games against the Dragons and the Roosters left, and that, but the, they're, they're either side of trips to Penrith and is it, is it Brisbane they play as well? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. not the, great. The, the other thing, the thing which kind of, you, you say they're in 11th, right? But both they, the Cowboys and Souths have yet to get their buys. Mm. So I'm like, someone needs to find a table where buys don't count because it really annoys me. Uh, when you go on the NRL website and see it anyway, surely an editor at large can solve that. Um, mm. But yeah, like I think maybe two weeks ago I was looking at this and thinking, okay, they just need to not be as bad as the Sharks and they'll they'll get in there. And now it's looking like they might actually have to no- knock a few sides off. And they played the Eagles, uh, they played the, the Eagles played the Dragons this week, so that will mm. make things. Uh, they should they should get through that, but this just shows like they when they're one to seventeen and fully fit. Like I think Power have proven that they can beat anyone in the comp. But you know you take someone like Reg out and um, obviously Siva on the wing does a lot of heavy heavy. Yeah, lifting they're, like that. I think of all the top teams, them and Seas have the probably the worst depth. So yeah, yeah. and. Mm. and- yeah, not not good signs for them. They need to bounce back badly this week against the Dragons. And one team that they now suddenly have to keep an eye on, George, is the Newcastle Knights, who travelled down to Canberra. We briefly did talk on Friday about Caelan Ponga's uh, his amazing games against the Raiders in the past. He was once again the star of the show as, I mean, the Knights, this, this fairy tale run keeps going. They're now half a win outside the top eight. I'd like on the record, I think I was the first person anywhere in rugby league media in Australia to say that the Knights would make the eight like a month ago. And, and, I, and I'm feeling really good about it. I'm texting Harry Ramage random screaming Jets lyrics throughout the day. He's feeling himself. Jack Brady's feeling himself. All the other Knights boys that listen to the show are feeling themselves. Uh, I know you are a Raiders man at heart, but um, this... Let's talk. Let's talk about the Knights because yeah, people, that's okay. But whenever, Newcastle, whenever there's, a, whenever there's a Canberra game, people usually get Campo being like quite, um, uh, especially a loss. Uh, yeah. Canberra just yeah, Campo goes into uh, you know like this depressed state. That meme of the boy looking in the corner. Yeah. Um, you can just text Harry Ramage and say, "Can you give us an anecdote about insert Newcastle player here?" Yeah. Every time they win, that them's the rules. Uh, but yes, they're looking. They're looking seriously good. And like, isn't it weird? Like the last, there was a story uh, on Sunday about the Knights looking at Justin Holbrook, and then two weeks ago there was one about them looking at Des Hazlitt. It's like I don't know if Adam, if they what Adam O'Brien's doing, or 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 whether it even is him and the players are just like like realizing their potential. But he's done a pretty good job, like considering where that club was. And if they make the finals again, surely given mm. where the club's come from, you've got to say he's in line for an extension because that's what three out of four years he'd have made top eight. Like, admittedly, they didn't go very far, but where they were coming from, 
Uh, he's obviously had to deal with the Ponga issues, and I'm like glad that he um, seems to have sorted sorted those out. And um, finds a new way to get hit in the head every week, though, including in this game. Yes, yeah, good work, Seb Chris. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Seb Chris that... tackled him with his head, didn't he? Well, that was. Mate, I, I thought that was real. I think he should have gone to the bin for that. I thought that yeah, was really so, bad. So. But anyway. Um, but yeah, they're looking good. I think their run home is dogs, fins, uh, your boys. Sharks uh, and then dragons, sharks. I think. Would you say the sharks game is a is a well, six pointer? It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like the sharks last two games of the season are Newcastle and Canberra. And I think those two games between those three teams are gonna go a very long way to shaping up who who gets that last possibly one possibly yeah. two final spots. So uh, it'll be interesting that, that those games in a couple of weeks time are looming very large mm-hmm. for all three of those clubs. But yeah, I, I was, I mean, the Knights, sorry, the Raiders kind of did this in that Warriors game in Crocus 300 where they just like didn't turn up at all. And I just thought, again, their forwards couldn't get anything going. I didn't think any of them covered themselves in glory. I thought Hudson Young in particular had one of his worst of a games as a Raider. But again, you look at their bench and like, the minute distribution is just kind of bizarre. Like the guy, like they're getting pretty much nothing out of guys like Pasami Solo and Atta Mariota at this point. They both played less than 20 minutes. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, like Ricky just has this game sometimes, right? Where they just kind of botch everything and nothing's working and, and the back line's not humming and those sort of like low percentage plays they like to do aren't coming off. And then this is the result sometimes. You get a game like this where the other team comes to play, they execute well, they've got, deadly players out wide and they and they just cut you to bits. And I think that like the Knights backline, like honestly, when they're on song, when they're when they're fit, that one through that one through five is one of the best in the competition. It really, really yeah, is. You've yeah, got yeah. you've got two wingers who are playing out of their skin. You've got Origin Gagai and Origin Bradman in the centers. And then you've got Kalen Ponga, who I think honestly Bizarrely, ever since basically when he wrote that note writing himself out of Origin, which we all kind of took the piss out of a little bit, has been absolutely sensational so maybe while the rest of us thought that was kind of like a a formality more than anything else it actually kind of did sort of mentally free him up a bit to concentrate on his footy with Newcastle because basically since that time if you remember that was just for that Broncos game right and he played really really well in that game and he's been awesome since so he must have given up the strawberry thick shakes obviously uh, that's the uh, that's the but, only other explanation but, but you're right about that backline's like actually got like the perfect amount of balance like it's mm. got you know Dom Young's obviously having a great year. Um, he was he was outstanding at the World Cup, and I think he's just continued continued that. His finishing's great. Marzio obviously gives him big big yardage, and then Bradman and 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 Gagai have kind of got you know a bit of bit of everything in there, and, and just really solid uh, players. And yeah, and then I start to think about the, the and, and just another note like Tyson Gamble and Jackson Hastings. Like if you at the start of the year, that this would be a Halves pair and I'd be like, oh, okay, you're finishing fifteenth or sixteenth. Um, <laughs> but they're 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 killing it, and I think that's a, that's also a nice balance. Like they're both pretty big fellas, so they're not they're not, not getting run over like some maybe some other smaller halves. Like teams don't really target them as much. No, uh, and they can both they can both kick really well. Uh, they're both loud talkers, good communicators. Whereas I contrast that with like Canberra's halves. Like I've never seen for Tyson Gamble might not have. Might not be the best player of all time, but like he's certainly not. But like contrast him with Jack White, and mm. it's like you get what, who's giving you more bang for your buck. Because I feel like he's, yeah, like Wine. Wine had a pretty shocking game, as did Fogarty on on Saturday. And this is like kind of feels like the Raiders have like five weeks of good football, and then they have one stinker in the sixth week. 
Um, three words: dumb football team. Yeah, they're I mean, just, they're just so, they're just so they they have no composure. Their attack is just dreadful. It has been all year, but they've like willed wins to happen by just like yeah being less bad than the other team and like not dropping balls and stuff like that. And and they almost got shown up. Remember the Tigers game a couple of weeks ago? And yeah, like, I was there. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a classic example. Uh, Hopoati has been really good this year, but I think he got stood up a few times on mm. on on Saturday and. Um, they really need an. Uh, Campo said it before, mate, but they really need a, another second row. Like I feel like this is the end of approaching the end of the road for that Whitehead. He just mm. looks slow. He doesn't offer them anything. And I, I guess like the Harawira and Iris situation hasn't helped them, but that would obviously change their yeah for bench sure composi- bench composition because they just need someone to come on, give Whitehead a spell, and if they could, that guy can come on, throw a few offloads, and make stuff happen, then that's points. But they still the fundamental thing is that their attack is just so stagnant. And- yeah, I, I I just like yeah, I agree with everything you just said. And you know, we, one of our favorite one of our favorite ongoing jokes is oh, when are they going to find out? Well, they found out in this game. Yeah, they absolutely found out in this one. And I I don't think when they scrape their way to a one point win over Wests this Sunday, it's going to paper over the cracks of what's wrong with this team to any great extent, but they will do that. And then they play the storm in camera, which hilariously and rightfully so all their fans are just treating like, yeah, we'll win that one easy. And then they get the dogs at home after that. So like, despite how poor this was and just like, I guess, you know, the, the warriors win, I think, you know, the fact that it even went to golden point was kind of fortunate for them. I think they didn't play well in that game. And then before that, it was like very narrow wins over the roosters, the, the Titans and the dragons. So like, if they, despite that, if they can just get right against the Tigers this week, and then you know they, they they need to get a result in that Melbourne game, I think it's that simple because they finished the season with the Broncos, and then I know the Sharks never beat them, but if it's season on the line, like eighth versus ninth at Shark Park in literally the last game on the Sunday of the regular season, that is gigantic. But you want to try and lock yourself in before that. You want to try and avoid win and in situations as much as the Raiders I think are built for situations like that because they do bizarrely handle pressure better than a lot of teams I'm sure I'm sure a trip home to Amy Park will steal that's Raiders true for, yeah exactly for a, for a finals push um but yes I don't, there's a yeah and they uh, I I don't know what they're going to do about um replacing Whiten it's a real like because the the market seems to be in such a state of flux, but Canberra aren't being as linked to as many guys as say like the Tigers and Dragons. No, that's true. And I'm just like wondering, like, what are they waiting for? Well, Blake um, Tarp was the first domino to fall in the Harbs market, so yes, who's left? Trade. But um, yeah, like it seems like the Tigers are going down the Jaden Sullivan road, and like I'm not saying the Raiders should go get him, but like um, they just let a good half in Brad Schneider go to Hull KR. Um, well, I know they were interested in Dane Laurie, but he's gone back to Penrith. So, what does that say? I don't know. So, and, and is he really a six or is he a one? I have no idea, and mate. And he, played a, got... he played okay on Friday. We didn't really mention him, but yeah. And then the other factor to think of in that whole thing is oh, Xavier Savage has barely played all year, and he was like one of the rare shining lights last year, and now he's ruled out for most of the year, I think. Um, so that whole like spine makeup, like, do they want to get another more like? smart organizer type player or do they want to go get a runner like what's going to happen to the roosters who are they going to you know axe you know as they inevitably do when they have a poor season like are they, are they literally just waiting for teams to say we don't want this player someone can pay him 
Could be, um, mate. Could be. But so, yeah. Um, anyway, they signed. They yeah, Sanders, Ethan Sanders, who's apparently pretty good. But yeah, they they need to find an answer for the for the six. I think so. Absolutely. Um, moving on to the Wollongong Stadium affair between the Dragons and the Manly Seagulls, uh, mate. I, it's bizarre that like this. I. By the way, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this game. I thought this game was really, really good, but just can't help but feel the Dragons kind of got screwed a little bit in this one. Um, so what did you make of the the Dan Russell no try? Oh, I thought you were gonna you were gonna go off on a tangent about the Debellin uh Oh well that was also a weird call that I didn't agree with. But yeah, I feel I feel like I feel like um yeah, you know, now a lot of games this year, Saints like Especially since since Griffin's gone, like they haven't, I can't really remember them, you know, absolutely turning it in. Like they got they got thumped by the by the Sharks, was it? But yes, but the but the I mean that that's what the Sharks do. But they pushed the Raiders pretty close. They obviously beat the Tigers last week, and then this game was like went down to pretty pretty late, and and and, and obviously beat your boys as well, didn't they? Mm. So it's like they're not. It's not like this. Year's been a complete writer for them. There are some like silk, like green shoots for them, but um, yeah, the the Russell call, like I don't get it, man. Like if the bunker says, "Oh, he's over the line and the ball's on the ground," but we're sticking with the original decision of no try. Like I don't just explain. I don't get it. And look, I think that Ryan Carr didn't get it either. He kind of went off to the extent that Ryan Carr can go off after this game. Some of the things that he said. So I, I don't know. I, I just don't get that. I just don't understand how. You can say like the thought process is outlined by the bunker when they're talking, right? And I don't understand how you can say we can see that he's over the line, the ball's on the ground, but then we're supporting the on-field decision of no try. Yeah, uh, he, Ryan Carr should challenge to tell Graham Annesley to meet him at. A well, we it's Monday. Choice. It's Monday morning, so it will remain to be seen whether that gets brought up in the in the captivating weekly Graham Annesley presser this afternoon. But Love you, yeah. It's it's interesting. The Dragons, I thought, played really, really well in this game. But this is like this is like classic Manly. This is what they do. They don't have the ball. When they do have it, they they drop it or they get driven backwards. But then they'll just gouge you out wide because they've got a billion Olympic sprinters <laughs> on the flanks and they can just create tries out of nothing. And that's basically what they did. I will say I thought it was Somali Olokuatu's best game in a, in a, in a while. But yeah. this was won by their backs just counterattacking. Like the Dragons had. More than sixty percent of the ball, which is that sixty percent is insane in, a, in an NRL game. Uh, the, the Manly completed two thirds of their sets. They got outgained by about five hundred meters. Didn't matter because they just seized a couple of opportunities and they defended really well when they had to, um, particularly in that second half, and just did enough to keep their season alive. Do yeah, I was going to say, do what, what? What do you make of Manly's chances, mate? Because we just talked the Knights up, and they they're going to win the comp according to us. Um, Correct. And then you've got obviously got the cows and sharks just inside that eight. You've got Canberra if they lose another couple, they're suddenly down in the mix. And then well, whatever Paramount are able to do, like it I, is genuinely so. Wide open. I think Manly needs to go four from five to make the finals, right? They're nine, one, and nine right now. I think thirteen. I think thirteen, one, and ten. You can probably scrape in, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So starts this week. Roosters at the SCG. Uh, that's mm. not an easy. Like not easy. Like there are no easy games, but then. They've got a two-week stretch where they play Penrith at Brookvale and then they go to Auckland to play the Warriors. And they have to win at least one of those. But then they finish the year with the Bulldogs and the Tigers. So I think if they can somehow win one of those games, they've got to win this week, obviously, but then 
pinch one of those games against Penrith or the Warriors and they could sneak into eighth spot. It's it's a long it's a long bow to draw, but yeah. not impossible. Not impossible. They they they're playing okay. They 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 were a bit fortunate in this game, but they they they're just digging in. And that's all they can do at the moment, I guess, without without Tom. But they have yeah, they've won what three of their last four. I think just that Cowboys game at home they didn't win. So yeah, it's obviously not season over yet for them, but yeah, it looks like a pretty tough task. I think the other thing again, the the, the other issue is that the Knights the Knights running is just not as hard as Manly's. Like they don't have to play no. Penrith and the Warriors back to back. Yeah, uh, ever since Manly released that statement confirming which players are managed by which manager, uh, mm. things have only been on the up. The openness is great. Yeah, but... fa- fantastic. Um, all right, so this was the game that you covered for AP on Saturday night. An absolute barn burner between the Penrith Panthers and the Cronulla. I'm not sure if the tackle stat has been revised since then. I'll check it right now. Actually, I'll check the updated um sort of recalc ones but yes it stands right now on the NRL website 81 tackles for Cameron McInnes yeah that was a pretty uh heroic effort and I know they lost what was it 28 nil I thought but, they didn't play that badly but I thought yeah you know, either way they actually defended well like, I actually two, agree two of Penrith's tries came, the first two tries came off more or less identical kicks where they were like there was low low grubbers they like to do in that real no man's land where it's like hard to chunk with your foot and that bit too low to catch that they they seem to like to do on their big sweeping plays and, and both times you know there was a there was a fumble and the um the Panthers were able to dive over. So if you if you take those out like you know it's only I think it's only three tries was it um the obvious thing for um for Cronulla is like they're losing Will Kennedy in the That's first not great is it and like looks like like the way he was carrying on it looked pretty serious, and he tr- he tried to play on as well, but it was mm. just too, too, too much, too much to do. And then that kind of forced him into a reshuffle. Uh, you're then moving Connor Tracy from, uh, who who moved to from memory moved to the wing because Molotala was out. So then they had to move him to fullback, and they ended up having Talaka on the wing for like a good twenty minute chunk of the game. And then they finally changed it, and I think I moved they moved Nakora to the center. And put Talakai back to the center and then move Jesse Ramian to the left wing. And just as Ramian switched from Talakai, I think that's when Nathan Cody put in a 40 20. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was just all kind of downhill from there. And like I I don't really know where they where they go from here, Cronel, because it's like there's there's no Fanukan. There's probably yep. going to be no Kennedy. I think Tig Wilton's done for the year as well. He is, yes. Like Nico Hines' confidence, like clearly like what happened to him in the origin camp like he's a human being like that would that would that would yeah absolutely 100 um the way he was kind of chewed up and spat out after 12 minutes of play um yeah i just like look at them and thinking and and the weird thing is it's like we were so like impressed with them last year about how and they they obviously fell went out in straight sets in the finals, but there was some really good stuff, and I was like looking. They played to well in that Cowboys game too, by the way. That does get lost in the shuffle. They very easily could have won that game and been hosting a home prelude. Yeah, I think the other thing is like people talk about the Sharks playing like the bigger teams, but I actually always think like there's time when it's like the occasion almost gets them. Like you go through the two finals games last year, the game when they went over to the Warriors for Sean Johnson's two hundred. Um, obviously, full house at Penrith, like Canberra's first home game of the season, they stunk it out for a fair chunk there. Like, maybe like they just 
struggle to kind of get over that hill of like a, a game which is really kind of where there's something on the line or it's important and you got to start to wonder like all the stuff that we you know people call them flat track bullies like players say they don't mean stuff but they clearly do um like i wonder how much of that is like seeping into how they they think and before they even that premise not many teams go and win there but like are they already going out there and thinking oh yeah we've lost the game here or do they go in with the belief that they could win i don't know yeah um, I, I think that quite the other week from mckinnis say oh we don't talk about we don't think about that so like, yes you do like yeah. you obviously do and you, you you wouldn't be human if you if you did so yeah, yeah they, um, they, they they would know they're like you know they've they've not performed against the likes of Penrith to go like against like Souths, um uh Brisbane this year, you know, that, that was probably the massive turning point in their year, wasn't it? A narrow loss to, to Brisbane but <clears> best part of a month ago because they were still like in that chasing pack and now they're kind of yeah to seventy eight. It's it's um, it's like they've just got so there's like uh, their destiny still is in their hands, right? Because you'd think that if they go into that as we mentioned, they go into that final two weeks of the season play the Knights, play the Raiders. You'd think probably win both of those. They'll pick up a win. They, they, yeah. who they play out. They play someone bad after South, I think. They, they have like, they have a couple of, they have a couple of softer games going into those last two weeks. I'll, I'll look oh, oh quick, the Titans and Cowboys. They, Cowboys, oh, are, Cowboys. Cowboys. Oh shit. Cowboys that's not, that's not, that's not soft at all. Jesus. So are you, okay. Are yeah. You they're kind of screwed. Are you putting a line through the Sharks? Is this, I don't think I can put a, them? Well, I, 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 no, I've gone full 1984, mate. I've, I've always supported the Newcastle Knights as my second team on the show. <laughs> my beloved boys with Kalen Ponga, my favorite uh, spine player at a, at a team I don't support. Um, no, um, like, yeah, a, yeah. We, yeah, we we have always been friends of the Hunter on this show. We have always been at war with the Shire. I don't know what you're talking about. No, but in all seriousness, it, it's just really tough to make a case for. I think that South probably will take care of them this week. Like people are like, oh, South haven't played great either. They haven't, but they just got their superstar fullback back, and the Sharks lost theirs. So I'm not saying Will Kennedy's as good as Latrell Mitchell, but you know, not having him is a gigantic out. And I think that Souths have really taken care of business with the in the forwards against Cronulla in the last two two games they played against them. So uh, it's tough to make a case for them winning this week. We'll see what happens. Oh yeah, you still got to play the game, but then yeah, mm. I think got to win that Titans game. And then even if you lose the Cowboys, I think it's in your own hands in those last two weeks. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, worrying worrying signs for them. We haven't talked about Penrith all. Nathan Cleary had the ball on an absolute string. I thought he was fantastic. But I mean, what do you want? They they're probably they're gonna win the comp, aren't they? Like Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got three words. Penrith are good. Yep, well said. Um dogs and dolphins. So it turned out that that field goal, when all was kicking a field goal, turned out to be pretty important. As um, this game came down to the wire and the Dolphins, we talked about them probably needing to run the table to sneak into the finals. That is now done. We can officially put a line through them. Oh, what a first season. A massively exceeded expectation. Yeah, like, you know, you, that ever since that first game against the Roosters, they've kind of, every turn they've been on, they've 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 surprised us. They've pushed the Broncos close in... Um, in 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 that first derby, like they've had that great comeback win against the Titans, the first win at um, Dolphin Oval against the Raiders in round two or three. Um, you know, this is always like it felt like the games were going to catch up with them eventually, just because of how their roster is structured and uh, who they were able to bring in. But like at the start of the year, who looked at that side and thought, "Oh yeah, this is a team that could 
Still, eight, you know, win, eight to ten games. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was thinking, you know, maybe 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 avoiding the spoon will be a success, but they they've exceeded that. And um like it just goes to show like I know there's a new book coming out about him, but Wayne Bennett is just he he is he's the greatest coach of all time. Like he just I agree to to motivate a group of players, and we've seen it time and again with um, you know, whether it's Queensland, whether it's with England, whether it's with you know South when they were down on down on troops, like he does just find a way to kind of get men to believe that something's possible. And like there's been games this year where they've just won it on effort and fight. And they um, like, but the Bulldogs should have won this game very comfortably. They yeah. had a litany of chances. They oh, should have put I, this game away. I thought we we're blowing smoke up the Dolphins for their great season because you just put the line for them. But yes, yeah, yeah, no, Dolphins- we are, we are, we are. But I'm just saying, like, th- th- this was classic Dolphins. This was they refused to go away in a game that yeah. they should have been out of sight in. And in the end, it comes down to Jermaine Asako. Poor guy. You got you. You do have to. It doesn't happen all that often. The kick to win the game misses, but you do have to feel bad for the guy when it does. Well, he's yeah. He's had he's had a couple of good weeks, hasn't he? You know the the Titans game a few weeks ago. That was his heroic. So like you, he was due, you know, to have have one go against the him, duality but... of Jermaine. Um, <laughs> but they, 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 in in defense, like of of them, like you you said it. They never gone. They never go away in games. Like I can only think of maybe like the Manly game. Uh, yeah, there's one more where they, south, got, where south, they got, south. yeah, where they got really towelled, and you were like, you know, stop the count kind of thing. But it, like more or less every team's had one of those this year, so it's yeah, not like absolutely. it's just confined. It's to not them. unique to them. Uh, but yeah, doggies. I mean, that's 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 a good win for them. Like that, they, that they're not they like there was no chance that the Tigers were going to win three more games. But now there's absolutely no chance they've won the wooden spoon now. So and. They they stay in mathematical finals contention for another week because they've got the bye this week. So yeah, telling me there's a chance. There's not, but no, there is. Uh, ten, ten and uh, sorry, eleven and thirteen could get you in right now. It won't, but it I've, could right now mathematically. I've I watched them come and say all those press conference this morning just because mm. I wanted to hear it. Um, because like I've sat sat in a lot of those or like watched them afterwards. You know, a lot of times this year and. I get the impression, he, like he's obviously like a very demanding coach. Like he doesn't take any any nonsense. Like even when they, you know, beat your guys, he was still pretty critical of how they defended, which he should have been, right? Yeah, but yeah. They nearly threw that away. He's he, he he raises a high bar, and it was just good to like, okay, they obviously got a couple of bodies back. You know, they've it it felt like he he needed that he needed that win just to be like, okay, look, we can do it, and. Um, you know, we can build off that because I felt like a lot of the press conferences he was going into after games in similar nature where they just, you know, imploded defensively and he then said how bad it was. I wondered when that was going to start to have an impact on the players and they started to think about what he was saying and all that kind of thing. Um, I guess that club's still like in a bit of a state of flux with all this, like all the players that have been signed slash re-signed, all that news, like I, but Rafe Dahmer signed a three-year deal last year, and now they're flicking him. Uh, Ryan Sutton's similar boat, like moved from Canberra, and then you know they what ten games in, they decided they don't want him anymore. Like, um, yeah, this, this, the whole thing's in a bit of. A you just got to try. You just got to trust the process, mate. That's all you got to do. Trust the process. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Top four tour twenty. Nice to see Liam. Nice to see Liam Knight straight in there. Do we? Do we have a wager this year on the dogs? Um, we. I. I wanted to run it back. 
Um, I'm still but, waiting for my case from a certain Jay Brady. Uh, I'm also still waiting for a case from a certain N Campton. But uh, hey, it's it's nice to be on the right side of history, isn't it, George? Exactly. Well, Just, the bet the bet for this year was supposed to be will Alex Johnston catch Billy Slater, and the the other fellows were too cowardly to take me up on it. But it, this would be a grandstand finish for that. Could you he needs, imagine? He needs six. Be- he needs six. Oh, sorry, I, I think I don't know if we were going to include finals or not, but he needs six more right now. So. Well, you should include finals, surely, because Billy. Well, it doesn't matter now. It's too late to. I think if you include finals, he'll get there. I think probably one or two finals games gets a try. But anyway, um, yeah, the dogs look kick out looked pretty good in his return as well. Um, sex and some nice touches again. So, yeah, hey, when they get everyone back, let's judge it. But it's it's crazy. It's it's going to be August in in a few hours, and the Canterbury Bulldogs have one fewer win than the Sydney Roosters, which is incredible. Mm. Lee funny. All right, last game of the round. The Titans played the Cowboys. And they, this is why, like, if I were a Titans fan, I would just be so perpetually angry because it's like sometimes they just put in a performance like this and you watch them and they're like, their forwards are running downhill, their halves are playing okay, and their back five look among the best in the competition. And you think these guys should be contending. Yeah. And then you look at the ladder and they're like 13th and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I've got, I've got a note here which just says, Titans bad for blood pressure. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Like they, they, they played fantastically well in this game. I think that, like, across across the across the board, I don't think anyone really had a bad game. I think once again, we, we talked about the Knights having an amazing back five. The, the Titans are right up there with them, like AKP and 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 Sami on the wings. Jojo and Kelly both had solid games inside them. AJ Brimson was awesome, and again, Jaden Campbell just comes off the bench and looks fantastic every single week. I don't know what they're going to do. Next year, I do feel like perhaps it's Brimson back to six, and and we we send Kieran Foran on his way to accommodate Jaden Campbell. I don't know what they're going to do. Let's talk about next year, next year. But they they were awesome in this game. It's a shame that it's come at a time of the season where it's too late for them to make a run. But they were they were just really really good in this game, and and it was heartening. I think to me that like we got to the last ten minutes of this game, and it was like, oh, how are they going to tighten this one up? Like how are they <laughs> how are they? And they didn't really. Like, the only the only stupid thing that happened, and it was again a terrible call by Todd Smith, kinging them for a penalty when they is ran the into. NML, is that the NRL physio? Yeah. <laughs> they, gave, they gave the Redcliffe man the whistle. Yeah, p- pinging, pinging. I can't remember which player it was, but like they they ran in to celebrate, forcing an error that basically won them the game. And then like, oh, he's like, oh, you started a fight. Like, no, he didn't. And then, mm-hmm. but thankfully, thankfully the Cowboys didn't score from that, and it didn't matter. But yeah, I thought for the most part they just really professionally closed out the last ten to fifteen minutes of this game. You you mentioned two guys that I really like. Big, I'm always been a big Phil Sammy believer. Like I think he's really, like I know he's. My colleague Joel Gould wrote a story last week that he's staying, and I think that got confirmed by the Times this weekend. Like he's been, he's had a great year. And the other guy was the other winger, Cam Pereira. Like usually rookie guys, you know, they especially in in a position someone made this point to me the other day, Martin Gabor of the NCN Newswire said he's not had a big drop this year. Like most rookies come in, they play six, seven, eight games and then they start to to run out of run out of steam. He's just not stopped scoring. And mm-hmm. I don't know, mate, like he's Ken Mamalo was a New Zealand test winger two years ago and cannot get a game there. And they and they <laughs> and they flicked Greg Marshu as well. Yeah, and 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 they got Cam Pereira in there, and I'm like, is Cam Pereira the rookie of the year? Like who? who... He, it's 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 him, Katawa, and Jacob Preston, in my opinion. That's the three. Okay, well, yeah, he probably wouldn't be far off, would he? Like, I had I I I wrote like a mid season report card about 
about the competition five or six weeks ago, and, and I, 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 I think I went with Katoa just because of how he'd handled the rigors of playing halfback in an expansion team. But I think that if we get to the end of the year and AKP keeps playing like this, I think I might have to flip them around by, with, for the end of the season one because, yeah, he's been fantastic. Um, and then you, know, you, you talked about next year. Like, There's actually an interesting thing about what Des going to do. And we're talking about teams who maybe need a six. Like The Titans have an absolute, like, you know, they're blessed with great, great playmakers all over the park. Like, How is Des going to fit them all in? He'll obviously want four in there because he trusts them so much. Um, this isn't a hot take and nothing new, but, but I'm excited to see what Des is going to do with this team because I feel like that's like Holbrook took them from a place where they were just terrible. And then they could, then they were entertaining. And then I think Des will come in at that um, that defensive steal they need. And you know, we're all going to be, you know, twenty twenty five Premiership on on the Gold Coast, baby. Yeah. All right. Some NRLW action as well. Um, the 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 Valkyries. The club apparently the club wanted to call them the Valkyries, and the NRL wouldn't let them. I was corrected on this last week, but yeah, getting their first win as an NRLW franchise. An upset against the Sydney Roosters. They did their best to radar it up late on, conceding a couple of tries in what looked to be a comfortable game. But then Mona Lisa Soliola goes over late, and they win this game. Um, I mean, you're you're a Raiders slash Valkyries man. How did you how did you rate your girls in their first in their first win in the NRLW? It just warms my heart to see a Soliola charging around in in the green. Isn't it great? Yeah, Isn't it great. And and like actually, you know, you go down that that team list of the. The, the Roosters team this you're like oh yeah much like kind of more established names and like th- this whole year is going to be really interesting like to see who actually like knows what they're doing in recruitment because there's been such like a this things have opened and everyone knows like you know Tamara and and Talfa and, well, and the girls what a revenge games. game for Zahara Tamara she played great I thought yeah yeah and uh-huh. then you know like uh, I can't remember is it Grace Kemp the girl who came from from yeah um, the Brumbies. Um, oh, like I, for the Raiders, like yeah. There's just like you know, some people, some clubs have had to, especially like Canberra and the Cowboys, because of where they are geographically, probably have to think a bit outside the box. So it's going to be interesting, like seeing, you know, come the end of the year, you know, who 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 really knows what they're doing in terms of uh, the NRL W recruitment space. But yeah, um, that's a big that's a big win for the Raiders, um, and yeah, top four tour. The top four tour is on. Um, the Dragons, they looked right. I think we kind of talked about how just, uh, I think on last week's show, we talked about how the Eels got absolutely pillaged in the offseason. And that, that was shown again in this one. I thought they were blown off the park throughout this game as they were in the first half. Again, I say in the second half against the Tigers last week. Um, I thought Tyler Nathan Wong, especially. She she was brilliant in this game. I think she was, she's a, she's an Olympian, right? She played a rugby sevens. sevens. Gold medalist, right? And uh, apparently, apparently, she's a, one of my colleagues was telling me she's a great interview. Like she's famous for her like like kind of off the wall post game interviews. It's okay. just a sh- it's just a shame we can't hear those. I, I, which are you are you picking a side in the labor dispute, George? No, I'm just saying. It okay, you're just saying it was a shame. Okay, yeah, a, shame. a very decorated touch and rugby sevens player come over to the NRL. Uh, looked great. They, they looked great. Love a debutante try two minutes in. What a pass, by the way. To, I mean, Margaret didn't have to do a whole lot on that first try, but um, what a pass that was, that Harbour Bridge ball from, from right to left. Oh, and just um, just on that Dragons game, there's actually a really good story on NRL.com. Uh, oh, the Tegan Berry. On Tegan Berry. Yeah, it's I fantastic. If anyone, like, like, she's obviously 
having a wow of a year. And she was the one who did the, it was like the under 19s a couple of years ago where she'd scored, like ran 110 meters in like three seconds to score a try. I think that was her from that. Wasn't that Jada Taylor? Mm, let me have a think. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was. Or did it happen um, twice? I think it might have happened twice. Okay, I'll, it's fine. But, anyway, go on with yeah, the story. There, there was a great story about her being in a car in a car accident and then like just being like, "Oh yeah, uh, I'm off to play in some tournament after after being in a car crash." Um, but yeah, she she looks really good. Um, and, and I guess the dragons have been in a state of flux as well, like compared to you know you talked about the eels, um, but they they've had a fair bit of bit of change over this off season, so. Curious to see how they go with Sally. Um, oh yeah, Tegenberry did it in 2019, and then again in 2021, and then Jada Taylor did it last year. So there you go, both of them. Yeah, apparently them. 95 meters in 12 seconds. She yeah. ran. I so, reckon I can. I can run 95 meters in about 112. Seconds. I back you to do it in 112 seconds, mate. Um, but I believe in you more. I mean, I believe in you a fair bit. I did. I did tell you the other week that you you were looking in good shape, and you pushed back on it. So. Just, well, just believe in yourself a bit more. That's all I'm saying. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. And then what, what else do we have with the Cowboys winning? Yeah, well, well yeah, no, big win. Kira Dib looked great. Um, big, big win for the Cowboys. I think that, yeah, it was interesting to see both the both the Roosters and the Knights get knocked off. I think that's good for the competition to have it, to have it yes. blown yeah, open yeah. a little bit. Um, we didn't want, like, my main concern with the NRLW this year was if we had spread the talent too thin, but so far... The talent has looked pretty good at some of those new teams. I think the Tigers have looked good in their first couple of games, even though they didn't get some of those girls that they thought they were going to get in the recruitment process. Mm-hmm. Um, Sharks looked great in their first game, not so much in this one, but again, that's fine. But then I, I, I just think it's heartening that like we basically came into this going, oh, it'll be the Roosters and the Knights again at the end with maybe the Broncos involved. And so far... Those teams have won a combined two out of six games. Those three teams. So. I, was, I was just going to make that point. Like you got a team who was in the grand final last year in the Eels and Brisbane, who've traditionally been the, the strongest, one of the strongest clubs, both are winless. Like mm. to start the year, and we 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 were worried. Like I remember when they said they were going to ten. I was like, Jesus, like where are the players going to come from? How well, the answer is well, they they is it like we did like it's kind of dumb that we didn't just think about this, but the fact that like obviously the NRL. And the NRL women's has more money than than the r- Super Rugby or the Super W. Like obviously they have more money. Like yeah. they can just go, go get a bunch of players from that, and it'll be fine. And it has been fine. That's basically what they did. So, like it kind of stupid that we didn't just put two and two together at the start of that. But hey, it, it's and, worked out. And there is this there is this little country uh, a couple of hours away from here called New Zealand, and they yeah. produce yeah. quite good rugby yeah. players. Yeah. Who knew? Both league and union. Like it's yeah. Quite, He's possibly the best talent pool on the doorstep. And obviously, um, there's a couple of English girls come over this year. I think, like, I think I still would prefer this season. And I think the broadcasters would probably agree. Yeah, it's been enough information. But I I feel like if they started this comp in mid to late Feb and then had it run to kind of like a a weekend at some point, whether it be Easter, I don't know if that will work every year, but Mm. just around then. And then I feel that when people are coming back and they they want footy in February, they can get it. And it'll command more attention because it's live sport. Whereas now it feels like they started it the same weekend of the Women's World Cup. So it's already down. That wasn't great timing, but I mean, that's not going to happen again. So Yeah, of course. But um. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with like that, but then at the same time, time 
I agree with that completely. But then again, when we get to the when we get to grand final weekend and there's a men's game and a women's game, it's pretty great. So that's true. That's true. Well, yeah. Okay, so let's try to find some. Well, the, I mean, the only other solution is you have two comps every year, which I think is a bit much. I don't think you can do that. I do. I do think it cheapens the the competition a little bit to have two trophies up for grabs every year. So, mm. I don't know. I don't know if there is a perfect solution, man. But like, I mean, the other option is you 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 have more games on on other nights of the week. And yeah, that, that's particularly hard with yes, the female it, players. Obviously, well, exactly. Yes, I mean, it would involve paying them more money. But I guess like if you do that, you get like more people will watch NRLW games than will watch like regular scheduled programming on, 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 on Fox on those yeah. nights if they played them. So I firmly believe that. I hope I'm not wrong. Like I'd like to think that more people would tune in to watch uh, a women's game than would watch, you know, a couple of guys yelling at each other about contracts and Latrell Mitchell. But Hey, who knows? Which TV shows that? Not saying. Okay. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. All right, bit of news before we get out of here. Um, the NRL is privately weighing up whether it will stop funding the RLPA and what would be an escalation of the long-running dispute between the groups. I mean, George, how did you explain to your nine-year-old son that there was bandaging covering the NRL badge on the weekend? Disclaimer, I do not have a nine-year-old son. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like the latest the latest thing they want to do. I, I, I honestly feel like... I, I think the tape it. thing is dumb, but it kind of worked, by the way. People were talking about it. So, yeah. like, I think it kind of worked but, for their goals. But then if, like, I've got to say, mate, like, I feel like if you try and explain, like, in my work, I have to ball down all these, like, complicated statements and facts and jargon yep. into, like, layman's terms. And I think if you went to, like, the layperson on the street and said, what do you think of this? Well, they go, well, they've got more money. That's and true. It just, it just sounds like they're sorting out the finer details. Like, isn't this a bit like kind of radical? And I gotta say, like, I, I understand the RLPA taking action. Like, I'd be frustrated if I had to wait twenty months. But it feels coincidental that during the time they made this, just when Peter Landis was getting back from a period of leave, and it's like almost like this red rag to a bull. And I think the NRL have been like, um, like to their credit, they've kind of. Not 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 given into anything. They I don't think they only commented when they did the media ban, which was obviously crap from our point of view. But I don't know how much longer the players can go on doing this until yeah. Um, if they have a complete media blackout, then I think they're going to lose a lot. Of and like in the I media. I haven't cared like when it's round nineteen and it's it's you know it's whatever it's it's Penrith playing the Sharks, the game you went to. Like it's it's not a huge deal if we don't hear from Nathan Cleary after his good game in round nineteen, cool. but. And Origin, even to an extent, it was a dead rubber. So, like, yes, it was great that the Blues won, and I would have loved to have talked to Cody Walker after that game, as would you. But, again, like, but if we don't have players for the finals, that's really going to suck. It's really yeah. going to suck. And there's always there's also been examples this week, for example, like uh, the Bulldogs went up to – had a couple of days off and then went up to Bundaberg for the game with the Dolphins. Yeah. They, I think they flew up on the Wednesday morning, so – had like, I think it was Monday, Tuesday they had off. So they flew up on Wednesday, 
did all the community stuff but couldn't do any media while they were in Bundaberg to sell their own game and now they're doing media in Bundaberg on Monday so Sydney journalists aren't going to be able to speak to them and I feel like especially for the NRLW if we could have told some of the stories better um, then I think yeah that, that comp wouldn't be kind of where 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 it is like in the in people standing at the moment because people are just yeah. like, oh it's stopped it started has it you know um oh, casual people but yeah I, defund them whatever like yeah um <laughs> it's just it's just all it's it's all just like pretty toxic cat and mouse and I'm kind of bored of writing about it. Um, yeah I agree with that I, I either go on strike or yeah you know stop messing around um yes okay so Val Holmes this is interesting so uh it's it's, New York been, Jets legend. Exactly right. Been simmering for shoulder charge for the second. This one was bad. This was, in my opinion, close to a send off. We didn't talk about it during the during the game, but he did get sin bins. And yeah, I mean, this he has to be missing this. I mean, a massive game this week, by the way, Broncos Cowboys, and he will likely be missing. You would think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, who are the other ones? There's the Jack DeBellin. Who job we talked about? Yep. Um, Tyrone Peachy. For... Well, it's interesting. Keon Kalamatunga got the two shoulder charges in the same game and got two fines, which I'm obviously not complaining about, but I found that odd that you can do that. Uh, yeah, Keon, Keon just got paid, didn't he? So he's probably like, yeah, whatever. What's, <laughs> what's, what's five grand to me? Um, um, and a, a, yeah, and a, a really sad story to finish. I don't know if you saw 60 Minutes last night, but Wally Lewis talked about uh, his dementia diagnosis. There were pictures... Uh, really just I encourage you to go and watch it, but like it just flashed up of his brain, um, and how different it looks to like a regular person's healthy brain, and, and it was all just very sad. But I mean, the quote that really stuck out to me, and actually, uh, it's Wally said that, uh, it was, was asked if he'd be seeking any compensation. He said, Would I change a thing? No, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't. Said so the game made him feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof, and you might think you are, but actually, you're not. So, just really sad stuff. Um, and look, I think that's a timely reminder today, like, like you know, with the Kalen one, for example, like we get frustrated, HOs, we get frustrated, all this stuff, but this is the this is the part that we forget about. And this is obviously Wally Lewis is a legend of the sport and just hope he's doing okay. But yeah, really, really sad story. I don't know if you, you caught it, but just in general, I think that I think it, I am pretty proud of the way that a lot of us have come in our attitude towards this stuff in the last few years. I think it's gone from you know, it, it, it's it's quite a while now since we had like James Graham, who to his own credit changed his opinions on this a couple of years ago, saying things like, oh, I'd die on the field and all that stuff. And people kind of being like, oh, I'll just let them play. Like, I do think we've done a lot to change that in recent yeah. years. Yeah. And, and I think like, you know, it's frustrating when your team loses a player 15 minutes because he's stumbled out of a tackle. But um, like, and you talked about Wally Lewis, he wouldn't change anything. Like, I guess growing up in his era, they wouldn't have known the damage that the game can have but I feel like there's been a massive improvement the last 10-15 years which you know if more guys let's hope not but go the way have similar diagnosis that, that enough has been done to protect them and like prepare them for for this mm-hmm. um because I guess you know everyone's everyone's worried about a lawsuit and I feel like a lot of the time it's just like lawyers chasing ambulances and most players kind of on the whole, are of the same inclination as Wally. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I had a great time and shit happens or whatever. But um, I feel like in this day and age, we know a lot more about it and are being more proactive. Um, yeah. I guess it's going to be really interesting, like with the finals coming up, like the the change this year where it was the 
12, 12, 11 day stand down and how that all impacts and, you know, like teams can get an exemption, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting to see who's going to try to fudge the rules first up. Everyone's uh, going to try. See. And look, it, again, it sucks. Like it would, it would absolutely suck if you had a guy, you know, hit his head at trading the day before a prelim and miss a prelim at a grand final. But, or, or look at, for example, um, well, in the, the Matildas. In, yeah, Mary Fowler and Ivy Lewick, like the same thing. Like, crazy that those were two separate incidents at trading, by the way. Like, the, I assumed when I read it that they had a head clash or something, but no, two unrelated yeah. concussions. Crazy. I, I'm not sure how true this is, but apparently, like, one of them was hit in the face with a ball. Jeez. Like, like right. full on flush. Um, oh. But yeah, so I, I, I've not been able to verify that. But yeah, like, I mean, I guess that kind of thing can happen in training. On that note, I guess. Uh, if it was if it was head clashes, you'd say why are you being so kind of uh, what would you term it uh, intense, so close to an important game? When hey, you got you got to train hard. Yeah, <laughs> good question. Oh well, we may never know the answer. All right, maybe um, we should do a boom rookies Matildas. Could uh, do, could special. do. All right. Um, before we get out of here, a thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon's news and service. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Rookies. Get access to our Discord server, a third show every single week. Entry to next year's Coltrane Cup, merch discounts, plenty more. Uh, there will be a fourth show this week. I'll be bringing out a Greatest Games. We held it back for this week because they are playing each other. Uh, we have the Broncos and the Cowboys from 2016, if you remember the Golden Point try game, George. Yes, so. I do. Hang out for that one, everyone. And yeah, 3 p.m. Saturday kickoff for that game this week. Crazy. Anyway, thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Where's Wayno, Alex Sergicomi, Anthony Griffin's commentary early release request, Bruce the Bomb, Butsy, call me King of the Mountain, Chewbacca Snuffleupagus, Dan Callanane, David, Doc Hogg, and anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Give Brad Arthur directions to Centrelink. Horsburgh scores, bro. Jace Felix Vineworth, Jason Joe, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon kicks ass out of the comp. Lachlan Hancock, lifelong Dolphins fan. Luke Charles Smithmore, Matty Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins. My name is Matt Bungard, and I love Taylor Swift. My ding ding dong is hard, and I am sad. Never trendy. Pat McManus, Pete Fulcher, Raymond, the jukebox stone, Gossard, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Ryan James, and the giant Peachy. See you in Vegas, Shunter. Tough night to take Yahoo to go and eat salmon. Ty, the black vegetable, Thor. Tom Hardy was and Wef Slice Podcast. Thank you so much for your support. To everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who just listens, thank you as well. George, where can people find your work? Find me on Twitter. Uh, follow AAP Sport. Read our stuff. Uh, yes, you and can... support us. Sometimes uh, I'll be Googling something and it'll be a random link to like a regional paper in like orange and then I'll the see you online. Mail. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. Oh, George, great. Exactly. I'm big I'm big in orange. Uh absolutely. But yeah, go read our stuff because we're independent, impartial. Um and yeah, uh enjoy enjoy your football. And um I'm very sad about Stuart Broad, so I'm gonna go have a lie down. I was gonna say, do you wanna do do you want 30 seconds of Ashes chat? The rain saved uh, you overnight. Would you like a comment on that? Uh no, not really. I'm a, I will just say that um I find it unfathomable that in a country where it rains a lot, no one has thought, thought to build a roof. That's um, a good point. Are you saying they should build a Telstra dome in in England? Basically, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. So, all right. Well, it's all right. Anyway, you've, got the, well you've got the you've got the lionesses, mate. So well done, Australia. Uh, you retained it. Um, I'm 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 not one of these people who's like, oh, what about the rain? What about reserve day? Well, of course like, not, because it's you know it goes both. It's gone both ways before. Like, yeah, it's just, and people, this is how cricket people, goes. People need to stop talking like all English people think like Piers Morgan. That is true. It would be uh, like if like 
Pauline Hansen was a spokesperson yeah. for all Australia. Yeah, yeah that, like, that works perfectly, I think. <laughs> yeah. Go uh, so please don't listen to him. Don't engage with him. He's a he's an idiot. And um, yeah, we didn't win. And it's a shame that Jimmy and Brody will go out tomorrow, tonight and that'll be the yeah. last time they ever back together. Could oh, be a great together. could be a great night for Australian sport with the Tillies into day five of the Ashes, or it could be terrible. You uh, never know. I am going to wager the latter. <laughs> all right. Say goodbye, George. Goodbye, George. And it's goodbye from me.